0: Hey, we got a fun episode this week. James and I sit down and chat about some updates, um, chat about some stuff we missed in the past year or so, and some new AI updates as well. I think it'll be a reoccurring thing. Then we talk about the topic of the week, specialization. Also, if you have a question or a suggestion for the podcast, make sure you email it in at mydetailspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I think we might start picking a few questions to answer on the episodes, and you guys know the deal. Like, subscribe, give us five stars, all the fun stuff, and yeah, let's let's hit it. Hey, welcome to Minor Details. I'm Nick. I'm James.
1: And we're two designers in the big city, <laughs> sweating the small stuff.
0: <laughs> James, you didn't do the I sweat. I <laughs>
1: I don't really. I'm not that sweaty today. It's kind of cold
0: out. It is a chilly day. Yeah, it's, it's like for our first uh, day of fall, I guess. Brisk. Um, yeah, we've we've uh, updated the video setup, trying to at least
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: got a new crisp camera. Yeah. Um, and I put a big curtain in front of James so that you know. There's no echo. We'll see how that lasts.
1: What specifically for me? Yeah, man. You you remember I'm when an, I covered my I'm an echo b- <laughs> boy.
0: James, you remember my bedroom was covered. I'm with Echo foam. the
1: Dolphin. <laughs> it's because of me.
0: Um, yeah, you do sonar. You have sonar location. <laughs> uh, that's pretty. That's a good talent,
1: actually. Yeah. Um, I can spot objects from miles away. <laughs> their curvature. Um, but yeah,
0: what we got some uh, updates, I guess. Big, uh, big news on your end, James.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, big news for Peloton in general. I guess uh, the the rower was launched this week. Um, very exciting. Yeah. I think I think it's my just like you know, aside from the fact that I worked on little bits of it, I think it's my favorite Peloton product. Like, just because I I think it's like one of the most beautiful pieces of equipment that they've done so far. And so big shout out, uh, Mark Cruz lead ID on that project. Um, such an inspiration to work with. I'm, I'm so lucky to work with that guy every day. Um, and it's exciting. I know it's been in the works for a while. Yeah, it's, it's been, yeah, years and years. And of course the pandemic delayed everything, delayed things. But yeah, I was you know fortunate enough to work on a bit of it right before um, we moved out to LA, and even while I was in LA, I worked on a bit of it. Um, But very very small portions. Yeah, the Um, minor
0: details, they say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was all like front front end. Okay. But yeah, yeah, minor um, minor parts of it. But yeah, it was. uh, was Let's stick
0: into the details. You got any fun? details?
1: I mean, uh, I don't know how much I can say, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess it doesn't, I, I don't know. It's no. not that, it's not <laughs> that big of a secret. So I worked on, I worked on the seat okay. and I worked on sort of the initial phases for the handlebar. nice, Um, and, um, but I was, but again, like front, really rough front end right. work. Um, so, yeah, but Mark Cruz, Lead ID, and then I know uh, Nigel Alcorn, Perry Burke, Joggy, Jaggi, uh, and then uh, the design director, Jason Poor at the time. Um, you know, killer, killer ID team yeah. that brought that thing to life. I mean, it, that, that thing is like such a, I, I don't know, it's like a feat
0: of engineering. Yeah. And to make it beautiful. That's a tough thing. I mean, you know we've done like dog toys and stuff, which is super easy. Just (laughs) make a trunk of rubber look nice. But this, like having those mechanical
1: parts come come together and. Yeah, I know. It's manufacturing
0: uh, too. It's crazy.
1: I mean, I think a large part of what Peloton design is to me is like engineering precision married with like this, this like human touch. Yeah. Like there's, there's like a, a soft inviting quality to it, but not, it's not so soft. There, there's still a bit of like an edge, a precision to it. Right. So, so I think that that's lean. like,
0: it's lean soft.
1: I think the marriage, I think the marriage of those two things is, you know, it communicates like everything that is great about Peloton yeah. like great equipment, welcoming equipment. Um, yeah, I love my, my favorite detail of that and I can take no credit for it. Is that back foot the, the, like the soft triangle yeah. back foot, cuz you know if you think about it like all of the shots of that um piece of equipment are going to be taken from the back because you need to see the content on the screen mm, like right. so you know for any sort of promotional and so like to have that as like the foreground yeah. it's just so iconic triangle is such a pure shape oh such a stable shape one of the strongest yeah um but yeah, so pretty exciting. Um yeah, I'm 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 really pumped on that. Uh so, yeah, looks awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, um you know, I don't I mean, the funny thing is, you know, we're doing these weekly now and just like time flies, man. It's not like we'd have much uh things to update on, but I I uh it's been 2 years, you know, we're just getting back into speed and I feel like I'm remembering things. That I did in the past two years that I have to bring up again, because <laughs> <laughs> you know we just haven't talked about it, right? Um, and one of those things is my VR design course. Mm. So I did a VR design course for Almond School of Design, mm-hmm. and it was it was interesting. I'd never done a, a VR or a, 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 any design course at all, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like an online course. Um, and I think it's like it's a lot harder than I thought. Yeah. I mean you probably felt that way with doing some of the video for um your model making kind of workshop thing.
1: Yeah. I mean that was very I would say that I had a very light lift on that. That was mostly Andrew Brace putting together the sort of like lesson plan. But Mm -hmm. I also taught um SolidWorks at FIT. But I but I was given a lesson. plan. Oh, okay. So you had to make one. So, <laughs> so you had to develop your own lesson plan, I would imagine. Yeah. And you know, I
0: had to work, walk, walk, like really think about what my process is Yeah, and write it down and walk through it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting cause it's, it's this very ambiguous thing that you try to, I guess, turn into some sort of system to be able right. to teach it. I don't know. I don't know how good a teacher I am, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it, I think the video turned out great. If you guys, uh, you know, definitely go check it out.
1: Yeah. Um, there's sort of like, a, a thing that's often said about teaching that like sometimes the teacher learns more from, yeah. From, Cause like you have to really think about like your process, why you do the things that you do, like how you approach things and you, it, I, it sort of brings up all sorts of questions within your own process. Yeah. Um, But I say, I would say like, especially with FIT, with doing sort of like in-person classes, it was just like being asked questions of like, why do you do things this way? And it's like, do I have a good reason?
0: Yeah. That's interesting too.
1: Yeah. Would you ever, are you going to go back to teach one day? You think? Uh, Maybe. Maybe one day.
0: I feel like I get asked about it occasionally and I don't know. What do you think? I feel like maybe when I'm
1: older. Yeah. Or, Or also old,
0: out of touch. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: Skills totally irrelevant to the current market. Can you
0: believe it? They'll just be like, "Oh, you know, this millennial. He's (laughs) he's using VR to design
2: and not
1: his brainwaves.
2: What?
1: (laughs) He's not even microdosing on DMT. Like, how does he expect to get anything done design wise?" Um, I was going to say one more thing about the the
0: class. I forget what it was. Oh, no, I know what it was. You know, one thing that I guess this is spurred on with my kind of recent uh, year or two is like the idea of writing. I know I think we talked about it a little bit in last class, but or last podcast, but I think I want to do like some sort of newsletter because it helps mm-hmm. me organize my thoughts. I realized how, especially with taking this business course, um, like how organizing it is to write out your thoughts on design and such. And I've done a little bit of that, but um, that's something that I kind of want to get into more. Yeah. And
1: uh, I do like a newsletter too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't really write too much. I mean, I've started to write more in my process, but yeah, I find a combination of writing, but also talking talking (laughs) about because because writing you're getting you're getting some feedback and but it's it's more yeah about that like organizational thing whereas like talking is is like hearing yourself saying those (laughs) things out loud you're like oh man i'm (laughs) so dumb (laughs) (laughs) i think yeah it's good it's good to do a bit of both
0: um the other thing that i wanted to do too is like uh, There's a few I guess we have a few extra topics on AI and then I have a quick note that I missed last podcast mm. too. Uh, so I went to this design event with uh, Kiki and her bench and you know who is there who Debbie Millman The pod oh, queen whoa.
1: The OG design podcaster. Yeah. Did you go up and say I'm not worthy. I'm not <laughs> worthy I don't think she knows who I am. I, mean, I doubt she <laughs> knows who we are. We're only one degree of separation away from her. Yeah with uh, Scott Henderson, yeah, um, yeah, I feel like we know enough people. Yeah, to but uh, yeah, I
0: so she did a podcast. She did a live podcast. So I forgot this part of the story. So we, while while you guys were there, yes, okay. So this is interesting. Um, so Debbie Millman has this podcast called Design Matters. If you aren't familiar, I think it was really popular. You know, five, four or five years ago, I remember in school listening to. It, I think, um, and. And now I think she does a little bit of a different podcast. I think it's called something else. Mm. Um, I, I look it up. But anyway, she's obviously, you know, OG. Right. And uh, I didn't know that she was going to be there. So yeah. when I saw her, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is cool. Um, so there was maybe about, I don't know, maybe a hundred people. Yeah. Uh, for this event. And it was at uh, Bjork Ingalls Studio. Big. Oh, nice. Um and you know, in downtown Brooklyn, and uh, Debbie gets up there and introduces the two guests. Uh, Kiki was one of them, I, f- I forget the other one, I'm sure that we could look at the podcast and see what it is. And you know, Debbie's like, We're about to do a live podcast, and I was like, Oh, no way, this is this will be interesting. Um, and so she gets up there and she's, she starts off, she has that classic podcaster voice, but. I realize she edits a ton. She auto tunes. Uh, no, <laughs> maybe there was a, there was a um, auto tune on it. Um,
1: so key. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, she she introduced the guests, and then she's like, "Wait, sorry y'all, uh, I didn't like how I introduced the guests. Let me try it again."
1: Whoa! Yeah, so she was
0: yeah. She was, so there was a there was a few uh, double take, Debbie times mm. where. She would reiterate the same uh, question or statement just to have the uh, the audio content to edit out, which, you know, everyone everyone has their own method. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's why she's the queen. Right. She. Yeah. She has a polished
1: podcast. Um, but like I was like,
0: yeah, we barely edit. We
1: have the method of amateur and out. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs>
0: I don't know I thought that was a fun observation. Yeah, I didn't get to talk to her. I did see her I mean the thing was is that when I saw her I could tell she was deep in the zone of like researching mm. You know the interviewers or interviews. Right. Um And you know because you, you want to be prepared when you interview someone. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to just like <laughs> ask gener- generic questions um, and
1: no, what kind of podcasters would do that? <laughs> well, we, we
0: interview people. You say to us, we we, we research our guests. Yeah, we do. Um, we do. I mean, I guess we haven't done a bunch of high higher profile people uh, like Debbie has. Obviously, Debbie's done like people like Bjork, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Like, well, yeah, and and there's like something to if you are interviewing somebody who's like been interviewed before. That's
0: what I'm. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's it's not a great time for the interviewee to be asked generic questions that have already been documented multiple times Mm -hmm. elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but that was a fun little anecdote that I missed last week. Nice. Um, other, other topics that we missed too. We, we wanted to kind of go back and cover AI. I mean, this is going to be a perpetual thing. I think we're going to be talking about AI for the rest of maybe eternity. I don't know. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I think, of course, like after you've finished recording an entire episode talking about something, then like an hour later, a day later, you're like, "Ah, I
2: missed that one thing." Yeah,
1: missed that one thing. Um, or or yeah, you just like are still thinking about it, and something new strikes you that that didn't on the day. But what was your what was your thought? Well, one thing that I don't think we I think we missed was.
0: The idea that AI, I think, you know, we, we've talked about how AI is probably coming for 3D models at some mm-hmm. point. I think AI is also becoming for rendering. Because mm. if you think about it, and I've tried to dabble with this a little bit, like to render something out in Keyshot as a PNG mm-hmm. and then put it back into AI, like Dolly, mm-hmm. and it will fill in the background. Mm. So you could essentially type, you know, instead of like creating a whole scene for your chair, you could just render the chair and then AI will, will put it in, you know, on the beach or in the forest mm. or in a, you know, modern house. Yeah. Which, you know, each of those doing individually would take,
1: you know, hours if yeah. you did it really nicely. That's cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, what struck me is that I just can't believe that Allen Iverson is doing all this himself. Who? Alan Iverson. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> point guard to the 76ers back in, in the, the late nineties, early two thousand. He's doing all of this work by himself. It's That's insane. Not how it works, man.
2: <laughs> it's
1: crazy. He must have like servers upon servers. This is a football player. <laughs> no, basketball. Oh my gosh. Famously oh. did famously didn't practice, mostly because he was working on developing artificial intelligence, uh, after his own initials. But no, I mean, the, the thing that I, that I thought of after, um, like a couple days later was that, um, you know, there's, there's something that happens with design where, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of the form and, and what comes up, um, within an in- industrial design, like you think about design throughout history and you think about different manufacturing techniques that were innovated during a time period. And mm-hmm. then you see how it manifests itself within yeah. design. Right. Um, like molded plywood, obviously yeah, molded plywood plastics, injection yeah, molding. plastics like bent metal tubing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, yep. you know, at what point that was innovated, but I mean, so I'm, it makes me wonder, cause I feel like AI design, like 3D design, which you see mostly in like fusion 360, like something that's pumping out like actual models. Right, like the generative stuff. Um, like that all feels like it lends itself well to certain types of manufacturing, but like AI, I don't know how AI will respond to an innovation within manufacturing that has nothing to do with AI. Like, That's true. And and how like that will impact that will impact design, but like will will AI be able to like understand that new technology quickly enough to be able to like you know spit out things that are yeah. relevant to that new manufacturing process? That's or, interesting. Yeah. So I I don't know.
0: Yeah, because you know essentially what you're saying is like. I would say maybe a new technology, fairly new, or through new manufacturing method is like 3D printing metal, something like that, right. right? AI doesn't, I don't think AI, sure, AI could look up images of 3D printed metal, um, but again, going back to the whole um, strength of AI, it's all about the data. If there's not a lot of data, it's not gonna be able to produce something. Right. Um, and I don't know how much data, you know, images there are of 3D printed metal, but I, you know, would say it's much less than traditional woodworking or something like that. Right, right, right. Um, so that may, does make a lot of sense where AI wouldn't be able to explore that um, area of, of design. Yeah. Because it's not trained on it yet.
1: Right. And, and, like, I do... I mean, you know, 3D printing does seem like it could... Achieve some of the things that I've seen Fusion three hundred and sixty pump out, but also three D printing is not an economical process at this point. Like in terms of being able to produce large quantities at like a a decent price. Hold my beer, I guess. And also just like the the quality of the finish as well. Like that's that kind of stuff. Like three D printing is not yet at the stage where it can like you know surpass the level of like cost effectiveness surface quality you know whatever as like plastic injection molding for for instance
0: yes i okay so i i'll agree with you that it yes it doesn't surpass Ooh, a disagreement <laughs> I, I
1: sense a disagreement yeah, yeah, coming
0: yeah. on well it doesn't surpass yeah cost effectiveness cost effectiveness or material finish. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do think the trade off obviously is, uh, customization. Sure. And I guess just, you know, like print on demand, um, you know, no warehousing, no, right. Uh, upkeep or like startup costs. Um, and I think you are right. Like it's, I th- I think we're on the cusp of this though, because I think, you know, we have some newer companies coming to feel, obviously like Gantry with the lighting. They are building factories full of printers. Right. And producing mass quantities of very like tailored, customized yeah. lighting. Um, and like, obviously like, you know, I don't know if they've got it to the, the point of, being more efficient than some somebody like you know, IKEA, but it's a different it's a different direction, you know, it's a different approach. Sure. There's pros and cons to it.
1: Yeah, and this is no knock on gantry because I you know, I bought a gantry lamp that, yeah, you got I, it. that I love. McKay's
0: right. Huh? You have McKay's.
1: No. Well I actually have two gantry oh, lamps. Really? Okay. I have McKay's uh, and then I have oh my gosh, I'm I'm blanking on his name. Lewis What? Well, What's his last name? Phils Philson. Phils. I gotta look it up now. (laughs) Uh, it's the it's like the the sphere what I I don't even remember the name of it. Um but I ordered this Louis Filoso, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh I think he's now design director at Quip. Or is it Louis? Is it Louis? I don't know. You gotta ask if he's French or not. He's um I think he's the design director at Quip now um ex uh karim rashid designer yeah. and and also after that he went to method and now he's at quip mm-hmm. um okay. but anyway uh he lives I, in new york I, yeah have he you met was him? yeah i have i'm have not met him huh. um but i'll see yeah uh but what i was going to say is like yeah i i really love what gantry's doing i did i ordered my lamp and i was like, I didn't receive it for six months, mm. you know? Cause like, it takes time to make it. T- it yeah. does take time. And I mean, and yeah, like you're saying, wait, that's, when did that's you order a trade off.
0: Cause I do think, I do think they were behind definitely with the pandemic. Mm. I think everyone was behind with the pandemic. Right. I, so you might've ordered it during yeah, the pandemic. Yeah,
1: I forget the exact dates, but yeah. Um, James, you just gotta <laughs> be patient though. Listen, <laughs> in this fast paced
0: world, you just need to be patient.
1: Yeah, I just need to sit in the dark with my thoughts. Uh, But um, no, I mean, it, that is the trade-off currently. And, and, you know, like obviously also with the light itself, like they're able to like coat and paint the, the, like the bodies yeah. of the lamps. So they, they figured out the finishing part, but, but the lights are still, you know, you see like the layers of the 3d printing and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you can lean into that. Um, But I think like, I, I don't know if, if that's something that the average consumer is like, Oh, I don't. I don't really care. Or if it's something they're like, what is this? Like, you know, I think, I think, you know, there are early adopters and sort of like, yeah, I'm gonna buy that 3D printed thing because the technology is so interesting. Right. Like I don't, the surface quality is a result of a really fascinating technology. So like, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if average consumer would be okay with like that condition for every product in their home. Um, yeah, it's a tough thing, especially just plastic itself is not
0: the high. It doesn't equate to like high quality feel, you know? mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like maybe if we can get to the stage where we are doing desktop metal 3d printing, Mm. then that seems like, especially at a much more accessible price point, you know, obviously right now it's super expensive to buy like a metal printer, but maybe that's where it starts to break into this kind of new manufacturing revolution yeah um i mean i guess they have that with like jewelry they do a lot of metal printing with jewelry yeah but not larger
1: scale right yeah i mean i i don't know like so that's that's where you know to bring it back to ai like i just don't know is 3d printing like is that where everything is heading or is there some other process that we're not anticipating that's coming? And, and again, like how does, how does AI respond to that, those right. innovations? Yeah. I mean, you're, that's a great point. Cause AI
0: is a, I guess, reflective tool. Maybe, is that mm-hmm. maybe a good way to say it where it's looking at the past and creating I uh, I don't know, just new images from right. the past and not necessarily looking at the future and exploring those new technologies. Yeah. I will say so this I was reading another article this past week around AI and it kind of brought up the same point in in a weird way where if we see AI as it is today and who knows where it'll be but you know imagine AI slowly starts to take over, right? It slowly starts to kind of get rid of the jobs that are just, you know, reskinning design. Um, At some point, you know, in theory, if AI is just doing all of design, then it is now stuck in this loop of only coming up with designs that are referenced from the past, you know, Mm -hmm. century or however long there is digital images. and we could, like, you know, like, if, if people just forgot how to design, we would just literally be stuck in this, you know, 2020s era of design forever. Right. Because um, it's not creating new ideas, right? Um, but this also goes back to the point of, like, well, are we creating new ideas? I don't mm. know. But I think you have a good counterpoint with this manufacturing thing, right? Because, you know, it's it's these, you know, scientists and engineers who are inventing these new manufacturing techniques that do impact design and open up new doors of possibilities yeah um and ai probably wouldn't be able to tackle that and it would just be stuck in this loop
1: yeah i don't know it's interesting yeah it's hard to say i mean i've i will also say that i've seen the critique of of ai that like yeah it's only referencing the past right but like aren't aren't we all just referencing the present and the past, but then like, I guess we are then bringing it through the filter of like the technologies available to us. Yeah. Um, and I, I think this is actually specific to
0: our industry, right? Mm-hmm. Cause we make physical things that need to be manufactured. If you think about graphic design or illustration or mm. those type of industries where it's less impact, I mean, obviously there are, super impactful technologies that emerge in those industries, but you know, like painting, like has there been a new paintbrush invented? I don't know. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. It's interesting.
1: Yeah. So those are our updated thoughts, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about AI. Yeah. A we're, I, we'll have we per, it'll just be have a an perpetual. AI segment <laughs> at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> this
0: is what I thought about this week. Okay. And then eventually the AI segment segment will just be an AI right. computer talking about it, but in, in our voices, (laughs) it'll sound like us, but it's really, AI. yeah, it'll be like, it'll be like, uh, when we go on bathroom break, we just flip the AI switch right? and we can go.
1: (laughs) I feel like if we were to make this an AI podcast that like, you know, basically just replicated you and I talking to each other, it would be of the quality of uh, a final episode of Debbie Millman design matters. Yeah, you're probably right. No double takes. (laughs) It would just be... Yeah, perfect perfect.
0: Um, yeah, no, no, no audio qualities no echo (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I was gonna say another thing james I mean, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you thought that this podcast will you know, let's say 100 years in the future we're both dead Or maybe I don't know we could could live (laughs) Could live to 130 who knows, Uh, but we're both dead this podcast could then be used to train an AI on your personality. So then your your grandkids could go and like talk talk to you. Right. Um, and it would have your voice. It would have your like thoughts about design. Right. And, and life. Yeah. Have you thought about that? It's Because this is like a rare thing. I don't think everyone has a catalog of 100 episodes. Oh of man, that just made me think of something voice.
1: else. Because like the only way that we're able to get sort of like close to the designers of the past is to like read their words or yeah, their books or watch interviews or whatever. Like that means that if you were really curious about a designer and wanted to know how they thought about things, how they would think about, you know, your work, yeah, you could essentially get a critique, from any designer throughout history, if there's enough data around them and their voice and their thoughts and
0: that is wild, that's
1: weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially like, like would the written word, would that have as much impact anymore? If you can just go and talk to somebody from the past, like, that's what books that, that's a, like a, what a lot of books are for is right. to like understand the thought process of, of somebody from another time period.
0: Yeah. And I guess it does be the question of like, is it authentic if the AI is generating it right. from past, you know, information? Yeah. You know, if you ask, you know,
1: I don't know, <laughs>
0: Raymond Lilly, what his favorite sandwich is. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's written down anywhere, you know, I'm, and they, maybe I, they can
1: <laughs> extrapolate it from, just has to make inferences
0: about like, Oh, he lived in the 19, you know, some, something, with an egg, something.
1: something with eggs, right? Didn't he love eggs? Like the, uh, oh, he did the have shape, an e- yeah. There was an egg on an egg.
0: egg on one of his books. Yeah,
1: he on the front he of the looked. book. A good old breakfast sandwich. He liked a good old eggy McMuffin <laughs> from Mac- I don't from think McDonald's. they had McDonald's back then. Yeah. He flew his private jet <laughs> to the nearest McDonald's. Raymond He got the eggy McMuffin. You know what, Raymond? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and maybe
0: I think I might have read this during the pandemic. Uh, the Raymond Lowy book. Mm. Um, it was given to me by one of my old bosses that I interned for, and I finally got around to reading it. Raymond Lowy, he was like he was like madman or madman. Yeah, <laughs> Don Draper. Right. He was like Don Draper legit. Yeah. Um, you know that that lifestyle, the fifties, forties, right, flying his jet around everywhere. Can you believe that? I mean, can you believe like, uh, <laughs> I guess Johnny Ive probably has a jet that he flies on. Yeah, around.
1: I have to take a city bike
0: <laughs> uh, across I w- states. I was thinking about this though. The reason he was so successful is that he and, you know, he's credited as the father of industrial design. Right. He kind of invented the industry yeah. career or the path. Um, and, you know, when you're the the first one on the block, everyone wants you and they'll pay for it. Right. So that was kind of the, that's yeah. kind of his success thing. It was just, you know, less, I mean, obviously he was a great designer, but I feel like less about his design, more about his timing.
1: Right. But he, I mean, he had the, f- like the foresight to like, to see that it was an industry yeah. in itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I need to read that book. I've never read that book. Yeah. I have, I have like read a shameful, like, little i have read very little uh i've looked at a lot yeah <laughs> well that's what it is
0: we we're uh creative people we like to look at pictures yeah 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 there's not a lot of pictures in the book so it's a you know oh, that's why i waited well like, that's why i waited like five years to read it <laughs> <laughs> and wait until like okay i'm stuck inside i like, guess, guess i'll do something productive um i guess that kind of transitions into the topic of today right like potential career paths yeah right? if raymond Lowy trailblazed industrial design what is the what's the new pathway for designers nowadays
1: right and correct me if i'm wrong but like raymond Lowy was the type of designer who literally like designed everything every part of an experience of something because he worked a lot in like transportation didn't he uh, yeah like he did like a wi-
0: trains and wide-ranging uh, industries i mean he did yeah trains and planes Planes? Probably planes. I don't know if he did plane Maybe.
1: He I, did. I don't know. Maybe. Like but I feel Definitely like did I, trains, I feel cars, like I heard Studebaker. that he did like he would design like the uniforms and like, you know, he oh. had but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I've got this <laughs> okay. all wrong. I haven't read the book. You did. <laughs> you
0: tell me. Well oh, I have to dig in my memory. Um, he he did
2: the
1: Lucky Strike packaging for oh, cigarettes. Yeah. So he did like graphic design did too. Did you do the Coca Cola bottle? Mm, That's somebody else.
0: No. I I wonder who did design the Coca Cola bottle.
1: I thought I thought it was him for some reason. I'm going to look it up now. Yeah. God, this is a really, <laughs> this is really terrible. This is really exposing. You know, I was, you
0: know what I was thinking? We should do a new segment where, you know, each week or maybe once a month, one of us researches a like a designer that's lesser known. Yeah. And just does like a history podcast mm. or a history section. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think we kind of wanted to do... Explore what potential career paths designers have nowadays. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously things are always being are always changing, um, but you know, I'm curious. I know you were talking to me a little bit about like specialization. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I got to give credit to Ryan Hume, who's uh, an avid uh, listener, designer, and uh, uh, participant in the Discord. He Kind of mentioned this idea or kind of thought it up but there's this idea that designers can you know i think we all start as a junior level right just doing the cad work um rendering at a certain point though in order to keep progressing in your career you kind of have to pick a path and those paths are you either rise the ranks in your company become a senior level um, designer and then eventually a manager Mm -hmm. um, where you're not doing much design or you break away and specialize really um you know really deeply in some part of the design industry it could be a specific you know topic like exercise equipment or like dog toys like you know i kind of fell down that hole um Or it could be like a specific software or craft. I think about Tim Zarky, you know, is very specialized in, you know, his industry doing, you know, amazing 3D visuals. Um, And then the third idea was design entrepreneurship. You Mm -hmm. break away and you create your own business, whether that's a consultancy or a product business. Um, Yeah. I don't know. What What do you think about those? Pathways. I um,
1: think you covered it all. I think the episode's over. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Oh, he did. I
0: just. I'm. I'm looking up. He, the Coca-Cola did, he did design yeah, a Coca-Cola bottle.
1: That's what I thought. Um, See, you weren't wrong, James. Thank goodness. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just. I think back to when I graduated from school, and I just had this like, this sense of like you know there was only two paths or something it was like uh corporate or consultancy uh, consultancy. right and that was it but everybody i would say in school at least of my friends were all just like laser focused on consultancy i think we were sort of like sold the idea that that was like that was the peak of like that was where you should be as a designer or like that was the goal because Because consultancy is glorified design, essentially, right? Like, yeah,
0: you wanted to go work for Frog or Smart, right? Everybody
1: gets shown that IDO video from like 60 Minutes or or some like ABC show where they just redesign the shopping cart. I don't think I got to see that. You never saw that? No. Oh come on! Give me the gist. What was the video about? It's basically like was it It was it's it's IDO. It's some it's some news segment from you know ten. 12, 15 years ago, something like that (laughs) where they go to IDEO and they're like, you know, this is a design firm. Like we're going to ask them to redesign the shopping cart. Hmm. And so like they do, you know, they do some research. They like go to, they go to a supermarket. They like interview people at the supermarket. Then they, they do like a sticky note brainstorm. Like they do all the like standard design process. Yeah. yeah. And um, in the end they like, I think they're like, and you know, like two weeks later, like they produce this like functional model of like what the shopping cart is that they designed and it's cool. Like it's a very cool segment. It makes like, it definitely romanticizes design right. and design at a firm. Um, but like, yeah, I think that, and when I was in school, like fuse project was a huge deal. Um, like they were the design firm that was like really pushing things, it felt like. Yeah. Um, and they really knew how to like market yeah. themselves. Oh, at, I remember that as were, a design They firm. were big back then. with um, like the jawbone, like the texture. Yeah. But I think of course, like on the other hand, there's like Apple. And so you like those are your two right. things that you're the thinking about. The holy grails. Of. Yeah, yeah. Um and you're also thinking like, okay, well, there's just the path of like being a designer. Like being the traditional designer of like, I sketch, I CAD, I you know like, whatever, right? Um, and I don't think that it's understood like how many different paths you can potentially take within design. Um, I mean, it depends on where you are at school. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: the the interesting thing too is, I think in school your focus is to get the job. Right. Right? It's very much. I just want to get in the door somewhere. Yeah. Right. And it's and that's why I think those two options are the most prominent options like, oh, go work for the consultancy or go work for the corporate company. Um, And you don't really see this idea of specialization or this idea of entrepreneurship. Yeah. uh, Or I guess even managerial stuff. But um,
1: but I'm just like trying to think of the different jobs that I know of now that I didn't know of then, which is like, I had no idea that like CMF designers Mm. were a thing when I was in school. Like I just, that was, I don't think that was anything that was ever discussed. Um, and yeah, like I just, I don't recall it being a part of the conversation, but since coming to Peloton, we have some CMF designers on staff and it's like, if, If there's a company out there that you think is doing like really excellent design work, like all the big tech companies, I would say a large part of that and like a lot of the credit should go to people like the CMF designers. Yeah. Because like, if you think about the big tech companies, a lot of what they're doing, which we're most excited about is like the way that they use materials. And like incorporate it into the tech because like uh, most of what we see form wise is like minor variations yeah, on on yeah. sort of the same archetype. But then the materials are really what tends to shine. That's true. And you know I think you know if people I think there's also like a misconception about CMF designers. If you do know about them, that they're like oh like once the design is done now is the time for CMF to come in and do their thing. Yeah, But like a good organization, good design organization, like their CMF designers are doing research ahead of development Mm -hmm. and you know, understanding what the material technologies are out there and educating the design team and bringing inspiration in like, you know, I've seen presentations from this group where it's just like material samples on like real products, on just like plates of like, you know, here's- Dinner here, plates? Yeah.
2: <laughs> here, would uh, you like to try it? <laughs> you got a Sam's Club and they gave you a little- yeah. uh... Um, uh,
1: one, one of the designers that I, the CMF designers that I work with, um, she was on the Surface team that, that, that brought that sort of like- fabricy material to the surface laptops to the keyboards Uh, what's it called uh the like this the surface
2: yeah i I know i'm
1: trying to remember the material name i don't i don't remember okay um but like that that kind of thing like the i remember seeing those um and just being like wow like what what an amazing answer to like everything that apple's doing because this this feels like it's taking a totally different path, and a very unique path. Alcantara. Yeah,
0: that's what it was. And that's uh, um,
1: I want to sh- I want to shout out the CMF designer because she's awesome. Okay. Um. But um. I, but I remember. I don't remember. Oh what? yeah, Rachel Bell. Okay. Uh. I didn't remember her last name for a second there, but um. Yeah. I. I think like that's not that's not a. a a part of the field that I don't know if that's widely known yeah. within. Cause like, I don't know, you know, we, t- we talk about design education amongst ourselves all the time of like, you know, you have that feeling of like how far removed are, are our professors from the industry. And I don't know when CMF design became like as big of a, yeah. a thing as it is. Uh, Today, I mean you're definitely right thinking about it now.
0: I I don't think I've made that observation as acutely as you have But when I think about a lot of the tech stuff just Mm -hmm. because you're saying it's like Mostly archetypes mostly finished just those random rectangles It does seem like all the past interesting things have been CMF, you know color material finish I think about, obviously, we talked about the clear nothing phone, clear Mm -hmm. back. That's very much CMF. Yeah. I mean, we did some clear stuff. um, And that's, like you said, you don't design the object and then decide to make it clear. You make it clear first and Mm -hmm. then realize that that is the feature, right? yeah Um, And it's, yeah, it's almost like CMF should come before industrial design Mm -hmm. when it's that kind of impact.
1: Yeah. Or at least... Or at least in line with design as design as the front end process begins. Right. Um, but yeah, like I really, I think we should have a CMF designer on, yeah. uh, like Rachel, because I think it would be so valuable. Because I, yeah, it's like I think it's a real unsung hero yeah. of of industrial design. I usually, just contemporary.
0: Satin or matte finish, and just you know, make it black or something.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> these are these are the types of of people that are going to alert you to like material innovations right. that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we're talking about with the AI conversation. So, like, it's 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 so valuable to the team. Well, and there was this other example too. Um,
0: I, I don't know if you remember this one or not, but so I was talking to Tim Zarkey and. Who works at meta you know helping out oculus team and you know the oculus quest 2 is white mm. and I, I don't have we talked about this on the podcast no. we might have talked about this, i can't remember um but it's good to talk about it again you know the oculus team wanted to do the quest 2 much more to make it much more approachable mm. make it more uh mass mass uh, adopted instead of you know this dark black kind of more aggressive, you know, quote unquote gaming device. Yeah. Um, you know, making something white, it's more approachable, it's more light. You know, your mom could like put it on and you know, try it out, right? <laughs> um, and the, they couldn't do white because the white plastic, uh, the, the black plastic was a special type of plastic that let infrared light through. Mm. Cause there's all these sensors on the VR headset so that you know it can track everything. Um, And that's the only type of plastic that they could use was this black plastic. You know, it's the same kind of plastic on TV remotes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the white only came about through its uh, material innovation, right? They got a factory to figure out, oh, how how do we make see-through white plastic instead of just see-through black plastic? Right. And, you know, that again goes back to the CMF thing of like, The design is the way it is only because of this material right and not because of just you know some designer picking white
1: yeah yeah that's cool Um, but I don't know can you can you think of anything that's that's sort of not not discussed in design school that you discovered in your professional career Um, I mean I guess for me I
0: was viewing this topic as like what happens when you're you know five years into the field mm. and you want to change directions um, mm. or try something different. Um, and so that's kind of where I went with it was like, you know, what, how do you give advice to someone who kind of wants to move to the next step, but doesn't know what that direction should be? Like, do you, should you specialize? Should you become a manager? Um, mm. I mean, you know, I guess that's just going to have to be a personal
1: Question. Well, and I would say that there's even like sort of a there's like specialized managers because like I I think that you can also sort of get pigeonholed. Yeah. And and you know, I I understand like pigeonholing can sound like a very negative term, um but like uh you know, maybe there is a certain industry that you favor over others. Yeah. So for instance, like I started Pigeon,
0: pigeonhole <laughs> Pigeon only applies to people that specialize in something that they don't want to specialize in. Yeah. <laughs> Cause other than that, it's just specializing in what you love. Right.
1: Exactly. Um, because I started out in like kitchen tools and gadgets right. and like, it is weird when you get out into the field and like, if you start working corporate immediately, you find out that you can very easily fall into this, um, ecosystem of like, Oh, I'm just like moving around from different to like different kitchenware companies. I did the same thing with dogs. Because like you, yeah, you like start to specialize almost in like a certain part of the field. Right. And I will say, I mean, I was sort of interested in consumer electronics for a bit. That is a really difficult field to get into if you have no experience Mm -hmm. with consumer electronics i feel like it is very like specialized the people who have started in it yeah like sort of stay in it and it feels a little bit more gate kept i mean it's definitely the
0: silicon valley like you know bubble right there yeah they're um, all they're all there
1: then than other industries and like i mean i guess it's understandable because there is a learning curve to consumer electronics. Right. Or and
0: any, I, any, like, sure. in the industry. I mean, I'm sure that you were, you can really, you could design a nice, like, you know, ca- colander for pasta, <laughs> you know, you know exactly how those draft angles should work.
1: Yeah, I think, I wonder if it would be easier for somebody from consumer electronics to move to kitchenware than the other way around. I, I don't know. I don't because, know, that's a good question. Cause like, I will say that, okay, I'm sorry if I offend anybody. We are going offend people? It's fine. Uh, but um, obviously, right now with consumer electronics, the type of the type of CAD that you see is like, I mean, there there are there is curvature and advanced curvature that's built into it, but we're not talking about like particularly ergonomic, right? Um, Focused forms, I mean, yeah, like they have to be ergonomic to some extent, like they have to fit into a hand or something. Right. Um, I mean, I would say like the closest, like consumer electronic to like what, like translating in terms of like skill set to kitchenware would be if you were designing like uh, video game controllers, VR controllers, like that kind of sculpting is very necessary to be able to understand in order to do kitchen wares, because a lot of those things are still very sculpted, um, you know, ergonomic forms yeah. versus, you know, and so like, I don't know if, if that would be an easy transition or not, but the thing with consumer electronics is like, understanding how you negotiate with like the electronic el- electrical engineers and the mechanical engineers for like how the housing comes together, where all the parts are. Like, yeah. you know, we experienced at Control Labs, we were designing, you know, around uh, electronics and we were like, hey, we'd like to put a button here. And the and the electrical engineers were like, yeah, we we finished the board like months ago. <laughs> there's no way we can move the button over there. Yeah, you gotta put the button on the other side. Or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, you know, there's there's things that and like then we that. And s- we sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> That like you and I didn't necessarily understand having not done consumer electronics before. I mean, it was a great learning lesson, but you know, know. that that's just like a totally different mindset. So proud of our product. Oh yeah. I don't think that like we had to make crazy compromises on it, but it's, there are, there are things that would have been like nice to kind of like know to like incorporate in the process, like when to like involve yeah. the mechanical engineers, right. when to involve the electrical engineers, so that like we had a bit more flexibility mm-hmm. with with where we were putting things. Um, and I'm like, you know, the, to that I'm like, should consumer electronics design be a course in school, or like, like where does school I'm sure come in, come I'm sure into probably
0: this? like some courses right there's gotta be right
1: yeah i mean maybe maybe it's we at had, certain schools we had i think it was called
0: interaction mm. design as a as a entire major or minor at scad I'm, it might have changed by now i think scad always is adding like the newest thing but um that one was very much both involving uh software and hardware because mm. we had ux and ui and that was obviously you know just software, but interaction design was how do you marry the two? And yeah. it was a lot more like robotics, Arduino kind of stuff. Right. Um, and a few ID people I knew took it and like you know made like robots and vending machines and stuff. Yeah. Like QR codes and all that stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think the thing about so you know my my journey, I always have loved furniture, houseware, right. everyday objects. But when I started, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself. Mm. Um, And, you know, I don't know if I'm happy with the progression it's taken, but definitely kind of starting out broad, you know, going into pet and then just dabbling in, you know, all kinds of industries, medical, exercise, equipment, tech, whatever. Um, And then wanting to come back and specialize now in furniture feels... You know, definitely like a process, a process that I've been working on for many years. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I I wonder like where the path would have taken if I just studied furniture design and just went straight from school into Mm. it. Um, Or even, because I think I I actually uh, was offered an internship for a furniture company um, after school. But I also was like, yeah, sorry. I want to have a salary. I got, I got student debt
1: to pay off. Um, so what
0: I, I took the pet job instead. said,
1: what attracted you to first to furniture design? And then like, what do you think is the most difficult aspect of, of furniture design?
0: Um, so I think it's actually kind of the same question because the beautiful thing about furniture is it, it's much more on the sculptural side, right yeah it leans much more into the artistic world um you know I think obviously design is a spectrum between art and engineering you can go all the way over to engineering where you know I guess like you you're doing like ergonomic super ergonomic devices that have like no room for you know playful whatever silly things um I'm trying to think of something maybe like a wheelchair right mm-hmm. although you could do a cool wheelchair that's like playful I don't know um but you could be on that side of the spectrum or you could be all the way on the other side of the spectrum where you are making a chair that you can't even sit in. Right. It's not even like, you know, it's not even structurally sound or like, you know, just more of a conceptual art piece at yeah. that point. Um, I don't know. I've always grown up loving the art side of things. I mean, I was, I did art in high school. I, we didn't have design. We just had art class or engineering class. class. I took both. Um, but, you know, I always painted it and sculpted stuff and i just it has always been attracted to me so i think staying more on that side of the design industry is where i thrive and what i enjoy the most um and that's also i think the challenge is that when you start to dip into the furniture industry it is especially where i'm going where you're trying to build uh reputation around your name it is almost like an artistic practice right you are kind of building emotion into your design and kind of stamping it like an artist would right mm-hmm. like picasso or something yeah um and yeah doing doing that is like a a whole other challenge of like you have to be particular about building your brand and what your voice is right and how you express that. Um, so I, I mean, that's a lot what I've been working on at least with my business and stuff.
1: And I can also imagine similar to an artist, like the criticism of your work versus like if, if my work that's like mass consumer gets critiqued, there's like, there's a bit of it where I'm not the only designer working on these things. Um, you know, especially a Peloton, like, so it's not as much of like a a personal (laughs) attack, but I could imagine like getting critiqued as a furniture designer where you're trying to put very much, put your personal stamp on something. It can feel very personal. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's yeah, it's a challenge too. And I think too, what's another challenge is a lot of the furniture industry especially when you like study furniture design, Um, a lot of designers go straight to their own practice and lean more on the high design, you Mm. know, the kind of art design side of things where they'll make one-off chairs for $10,000. That's not what I enjoy. Mm. I mean, sure, I'll make a chair, you know, uh, just for fun. But I don't, you know, I'm not like, I don't want to design collectible stuff. Um, Mm. Or that's not like the, the dream goal. The dream goal is to do, Mass-produced stuff. So I mm-hmm. still want to lean on that side of things. Yeah. So there's just like this fine line that you have to ride with that industry specialization. Um, right. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's just like, I think it's just like with everything, just baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps to kind of turn the boat. Yeah. Um, And, you know, delete the dog toys off your website. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Melt them down, make them into chairs. <laughs> um, Maybe maybe since we're getting, you know, kind of up towards the end, I think what if we just did sort of like a quick, cause I do, I I'm sort of conscious of like the students out there that are trying to like figure out where they're heading yeah. and like what their options are. So maybe we, maybe we just do like a lightning round of like what we can think of in <laughs> terms of like industries. Oh, I didn't prepare for the will try. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously furniture, there's oh outdoor outdoor products outdoor um medical yeah medical
0: medical yeah medical is definitely on the engineering side of things yeah
1: if you like that
0: ergonomic stuff well i
1: know some people who work in medical i think it'd be really interesting to talk to them because that's like that's something that i have very little knowledge of yeah but i've heard really interesting things about
0: i mean i've i've been i had a medical uh client for the past three years and obviously now with the recent kind of pivot i you know i'm not Working on that stuff anymore but um yeah it's a definitely a different a different part of the brain they itch i mean i enjoyed it um but it's like you know a different mindset flip the switch
1: totally um there's athletic i I mean athletic outdoor but i i think athletic could be kind of its own like focused thing um you know uh i think
0: one thing too is accessories have been pretty popular oh yeah a lot of the the my classmates that i went to school with went to work for like bag industry or i don't know purse industry accessory industry Mm. backpacks purses um shoes footwear Mm. um and that's a whole like specialization you know
1: yeah i it it feels like with that with that kind of industry you almost need to like because I, it makes me wonder if you do need to start specializing in school. Like, I know, I feel like I know people who, like, sort of figure it out. Like, this is where, this is exactly the kind of industry I want to get into. Yeah. So, I need to start padding my portfolio with these kind of pieces.
0: I mean, if you know that in school, amazing. Yeah.
1: I feel like I was too afraid to commit to furniture because, obviously, it's
0: just a you know it's a hard thing to do yeah totally i I guess that's another part of the equation too it's like this idea of specialization is a little bit scary because you are kind of like pigeonholing yourself to begin with and Mm -hmm. if you can't get into your specialization you have nothing you can't go general like you know if you only design shoes it's like and no shoe company wants to hire you it's like you can't just go do dog toys right you know um so
1: yeah, um, I think
0: that's what I was afraid of.
1: Yeah, no, I knew, uh, my buddy, um, I'm, I'm really shouting out this episode, you know me. Shout out, King. <laughs> yeah. uh, my buddy, Charles Han, I sat across from him, summer studio, like the qualifying studio to get into the ID program since we were transfers and he was sitting there sketching shoes like day one, even before we had started like our design program. And, you know, now he's working for Nike, like, you know, he just, he knew like he was one yeah. of the, he was a shoe sketcher and like, but you know, I think that he understood, like he definitely branched out and became a much more well-rounded designer and then brought that back into focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, like just totally dedicated and, you know, doing awesome work, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, sometimes I envy that those kind of people. Cause I definitely just did not yeah. know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I envy that too. Yeah. Just the, the commitment. I mean, right. I knew
0: what I wanted to do. I just
1: couldn't. Yeah. You know. um, but that's also to say that if you don't know what you want to do, then there's, there's still hope.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also if you guys have other ideas around this specialization topic or, you know, other industries that we're forgetting, you know, other kind of niche areas of oh, design, I mean,
1: transportation. Yeah. There's so many. There's yeah. There's so many that we're probably forgetting. Um,
0: I, I, I'm just curious cause I, I feel like someone will send in something that we'd never even thought of mm. and that's what I want to know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Send it in if you got it. Um, but yeah, I mean, good episode. I think yeah. I feel like we didn't even touch on the design entrepreneurship slash man management side, but maybe we can save that for another yeah. Topic. Time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's definitely a different direction. You take you're just doing like both of those are very yeah. business oriented.
1: And w- yeah, I mean that's like sort of like once you're in the organization, right. like because yeah, like there's like we talk we talk about CMF, but there's like strategy, there's mm. research, yeah, you know. Um there's a lot of specializations within a specialization yeah. or within a company. For sure. Um, yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Good up. Good up. All right.
0: Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. As always, I'm at I'm Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm James. Peace. Later.